Hello, everybody. I'm David Brown, Senior Vice President and Dean of the School of Health Professions at the University of Texas Medical Branch. I'm happy to introduce you to our podcast series. Today's podcast series will be the first of many, and I invite you all, and I hope that each of you will, will listen to these podcasts and think about some of the things that I talk about and with our guests and that you reach out to us and ask us questions or give us suggestions about how we can do a better job as the School of Health Professions. We're going to be taking the first few podcasts and focusing on our exciting new initiatives that uh, guide our future endeavors at the School of Health Professions. We call this program RISES, R-I-S-E-S, which stands for Research, Influence and Impact, Student Success and Preparedness, Experiences in Clinical Settings, and Strategic Capacity and Transformation. With each of these initiatives, we will be leading our healthcare professions to greater educational training experiences, more impactful research, and innovative clinical care. In this and subsequent podcasts, we'll be talking about each of the initiatives. Starting today, we'll be talking about the R component or the research component. For SHP, research is a cornerstone of each of our departments and faculty members. In each of our five departments, we have superb examples of individual faculty who are pushing the boundaries of knowledge, understanding, and practical innovation with their scholarly efforts. From advances in medical diagnostics to rehabilitation-related discoveries and advances with educational methods. This initiative uses a variety of mechanisms to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is to generate scholarly activity that advances and transforms health professions and healthcare across Texas and globally. I'm very excited to have with me today uh, Dr. Carol Tucker, who is our new Associate Dean for Research in our new Office of Research at the School of Health Professions. She's also the Interim Chair of the Department of Physical Therapy and a professor in the Department of Nutrition, Metabolism, and Rehabilitation Sciences at the School of Health Professions. Uh, Dr. Tucker initially received her bachelor's degree in 1982 at Boston University and then came back in 1996 to Boston University to get a master's degree in electrical engineering. Then in 2008, Dr. Tucker received a PhD at the State University of New York, Buffalo in exercise science. She, her current funding uh, is involved in uh, mostly uh, pediatrics, adolescents, young adult survivors of cancer and uh, Crohn's disease, and also uh, trans translation and clinical implementation of the test language and short-term memory in aphasia uh, funded by the National Institute of Deafness and Other Communication Disorders. Really excited to have Dr. Tucker here. Dr. Tucker, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dean Brown. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. I'm really interested to hear your perspective Initially, when you first arrived here and you looked at the research landscape to this School of Health Professions, what did you envision you could do to help us progress forward and develop 
the research enterprise uh, and, and make a larger impact? Yeah, that's a great question because, as you know, um, part of the reason why I chose to come here was simply because of the opportunities provided in the School of Health Professions, particularly within the research domain. So, you know, within UTMB being an academic health center, there is uh, great access to patients, different patient types. There's passionate physician and clinician scientists. And within the School of Health Professions, there are PTs, OTs, respiratory therapists, our clinical lab science faculty, and students that really just want to generate new knowledge about their practices, about their practices alone and about the impact of team science, if you will, and team approaches to interventions. So for me, I think the three main things that probably uh, shown for me was the history of successes already here between CIRPAN, the Center for Large Data Research. A lot of the senior researchers here had really provided a pathway. The opportunity to mentor some of the emerging and what might be more mid-level um, successful researchers into that next step, that that mentoring of those faculty um, are particularly a passion of mine. And then finally, really all of those faculty that we know, having been in different PT and OT departments, of them feeling frustrated and not being able to pursue scholarship. And so the opportunities here at the School of Health Professions, UTMB, really about getting everybody engaged in some form of scholarship and the authenticity with which both the faculty and I think the school leadership um, could see for their future. You brought up a lot of really interesting points there, and I want to uh, take a few of them and ask you to... Uh, say a little bit more about that. One of the words that you used was mentorship, mentoring. And I know uh, through through knowing you for many years that mentoring is a very personal uh, thing for you, very important to you. How do you see, what is your philosophy of mentoring and how do you see that leading to success in our research enterprise? Yeah, I think mentoring first comes So really understanding um, the environment in which you're expecting that individual, or you could be mentoring a program, if you want to think about it that way. But let's talk about individual researchers, where they're at, where they fit, where their passion is, where their skill set is, and then looking at all of the other constraints and resources around them. So is it a, a department that maybe in the fall really needs them? to teach a lot. How do you mentor them through some of those aspects of time management when some of the other academic responsibilities ebb and flow? So for me, I think it really comes down to understanding where that person is at, where they want to be, broadening their horizons. As you know, I always like to suggest the oddball um, out of the, the realm of maybe reality for some of where they could go or what the next steps might be. And so I think mentoring to me is both about flourishing as well as trying to show them things that maybe they hadn't seen as possible. So mentoring on the individual level, but I also think there's team mentoring. And so the concepts of of how does the individual faculty contribute to the whole? And so the role that each plays on a team relative to, it could be different professions, it could be different levels of seniority. So mentoring through that concept of of roles of researcher, 
as they continue to grow. So for me, mentoring um, is personal. I probably um, take a lot of time. Um, I like getting to know people. I like getting to know their passions, um, perhaps something about their insecurities so I can better figure out how to help them grow and flourish. So those are probably the big pieces for me about mentorship. Here at the School of Health Professions, we have people at very different levels of research sophistication, if you will. And so the approach I may take towards mentorship to uh, another senior faculty member would be very different than I might take from a faculty member that's really just trying to get started. So within the Office of Research, we have resources and modes of communication kind of to, to meet the broad needs of all of those as we engage in individual mentorship, but also just trying to put layer upon layer of information and, and resources about how to improve scholarship. That's wonderful. And uh, just the very establishment of that office, uh, which I now believe has been around for almost a year, mm-hmm. um, I'm also interested, and I think our audience will be interested in knowing how the research that we do at the School of Health Professions can impact the healthcare system, individuals in the community. And I know that you've been working on a project which tries to identify the value of different uh, research researchers and, and the work that they do. Can you say a little bit more about Yeah, that? so actually um, the groundwork was laid. Um, as I came. So the office did officially start September of last year. Um, And leading up to that point, all of the faculty within the School of Health Professions, particularly those that were starting or on the road of scholarship and research, were asked to, to describe in what could be called layperson's language the value of their research. And the reason why I hesitated to call it layperson language is it's not that it's layperson. It's really looking about the value of research to individuals in society, not maybe something I'd publish in a or the wording I'd use in a scientific journal. And research should be done because of the value of its impact. It shouldn't be done just for another publication or, or just because it's an unknown there are a lot of unknowns out there. We need to be researching those that have value um, to those that are impacted by our work and our profession. And it, you, mm-hmm, go ahead. Wanna, do, would you like to mention maybe one or two or three or four or five examples? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here, now I'm put on, on the spot. Um, so, so maybe some grants that have recently been submitted and yeah, so that work brings. Yeah, yes. so our portfolio over the the last year has been um, really diverse. So we have a lot of researchers that are engaged in community level work, um, maybe some in outcomes. So looking at mixed methods, understanding, um, and by mixed methods, I mean kind of that combination of the the person input through qualitative research and then adding in some aspect of quantitative research. So one of our um, young faculty, Greg Brusola, is looking at the lived experience um, and using interviews um, to understand how individuals with early multiple sclerosis, um, what they need in terms of rehab and what their um, what their daily life is like. And he's mapping that onto um, some very sophisticated quantitative 
measurement and analytic techniques to better understand what their functioning in the real world is like. So that's one example. It's really going out and and seeing uh, that population you're interested in, um, where they're at, what they're doing, how we better can help. Some of the other work that I think is particularly um, noteworthy are we have two researchers that are quite engaged in um, uh, traumatic brain injury. So Monique Papadis and Amber Armstead, um, looking at health disparity and equities around that. So they take a little bit of a larger population approach to a lot of their research, but they map it in with some really excellent qualitative skills. So again, they're looking at how to impact the systems that care for our older individuals with dementia or with traumatic brain injury or other effects, but they combine it with talking to those people as well. Would you like to talk about any of your research projects that you're particularly excited about? Yeah. So thank you for that opportunity. As, as you know, I probably uh, wouldn't do this otherwise. I'm really excited because over the past five months, we've put together um, a diverse team across professions and departments in the school and outside of the school looking at long COVID and COVID recovery. So on that team, uh, Dr. Rojas and his PhD student, Michael Cameron, or Cameron Michael, I should say, Diane Collins and Amber Armstead from OT, MJ Lee from NMRS, as well as myself, really um, are engaged with the COVID recovery clinic and the physicians and the nurse practitioners in, in looking at how long COVID and long COVID combined with HIV or other diseases, diabetes impacts their health. So that's something I'm really passionate about. I can see an impact on that in current society or for the next pandemic. And the other area of two areas of research, because you asked, so now I can be a little bit selfish, is we're really looking at the impact of maternal health um, so uh, disease-producing qualities and health-producing resources on long-term outcomes of the infants. And so that's an area, um, be it uh, prenatal infants or infants. So maternal health, um, maternal health and its impact on long-term infant neurodevelopmental outcomes. And then finally, an area that I'm really intrigued by, and I had started before I came down here, but UTMB is really a great place to do this uh, research, is looking at um, reentry of individuals that may have been in the correctional health system and looking at how we as a community can better meet those needs um, particularly given the pandemic, the social isolation, the um, opioid or the other, you know, substance abuse that often lives within those communities kind of as a, a milieu. Um, how do we better prevent re uh, recidivism or reentry? And that's work that's being moved forward with individuals within occupational therapy, as well as the School of Nursing, who are great colleagues in all of our research. Wow. And, and I really do get the impression as you're talking that this is not uh, research that's done in a pristine laboratory environment. This is research that is really meant uh, to learn more about the healthcare system, how we can make the healthcare system more effective for individuals and communities. 
So I, I think it's very important work that you're doing. Can you, um, can you tell us something about your vision for the future of the Office of Research and particularly uh, as we're going out and hiring more faculty uh, to join our various departments and some of which will have a strong research background, what, where do you see us growing in terms of our research expertise? Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a, a dream question. Yes, a dream right? question. So there you go. So I do see the Office of Research really well interleaved with the university resources for research. Um, as we continue to meet the needs of the researchers that come in, we have a very strong pre-award where, where we do everything from helping find the grants um, opportunities, matching them to the individual researchers, working on budgets, you know, all of the paperwork, all of the necessities to do that. So the Office of Research in terms of pre-award, but then also post-award. So pretty classic Office of Research um, operations, if you will. And we've really strengthened our post-award, making sure that our PIs can be accountable. Where I see the the research um, environment or the research opportunities at SHP being is that everybody finds a pathway to be doing more scholarship, more scho scholarship of not only value to society, but also that they feel passionate about because you and I both know that's what really drives successful research is to find something that talks to you. And then um, if you want to think about the Office of Research laying all the tools out that would make that person be able to put together a program of research that meets and is aligned with the school as well as their own kind of personal research values. You know, we're seeing a, a great um, diversification of our research portfolio. Um, we're moving as much with um, the recent hire of Dr. Morrow um, into wearable sensors. So the concept of collecting data 24-7, we have a markerless motion capture system. We can look at muscle activity with electromyography, um, get impact forces of people running outside on the concrete or walking up and down steps. And so really looking at physical functioning as well as um, the health outcomes, uh, the you know systems level policy impacts as well. Um, all things that I see our portfolio diversifying in while we stay true to some of the roots of both recovery, physical activity and nutrition research, as well as our large data research where we're really getting into clinical health informatics. But if I may, I would love for you to have an opportunity to describe your research and maybe you could briefly speak about the value you see it adding to the society and to the school. Oh, wow. Turn the you tables. Turn the tables on me. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I will be brief because I do have another question for All you right. and I want to make sure I get it in uh, before the podcast ends. But um, uh, as a dean, uh, I've really had to cut back mm -hmm. on the intensity of the research that I do. And I had to make important decisions about really what are the contributions I can make as a researcher after so many years of engaging almost entirely uh, on research before going into administration. And my focus now is on getting new technologies out into the rehab environment. 
that will make a difference for people who are recovering from brain injury, either traumatic brain injury, Parkinson's disease, stroke, spinal cord injury, any injury that impacts or, or disease process that impacts the nervous system. I'm very engaged now in the development of a new brain health institute at UTMB and sort of representing the school in terms of the directions we're going to go in neuro rehabilitation. And so I'm hoping that uh, I'll be a spokesperson and a, and a uh, lightning rod for bringing other brain health researchers who are interested in the recovery from disease and, and injury and so I, I guess I, I have to say that while I'm still very excited about my research, I'm even more excited about bringing others in who can build uh, this type of uh, neuro recovery research um, at the at UTMB. So thank you for for uh, giving me an opportunity to talk about my research. Uh, really, my last question is: recently, you've been named the director of the. Center on Exercise Recovery, Physical Activity, and Nutrition, or as we call it here, SERPAN, mm -hmm. with Dr. Missy Morrow as your Associate Director. Do you have some ideas now about what, what the future might look like for, for that center? I know you're, you're thinking of, of expanding it and moving it in some new directions. Do you want to say a few words? Yeah, you know, I think the, the core, when you read through the mission and vision of that center, it was set up in a way that it, it's timeless. And so looking at physical activity within our school and, and perhaps even thinking about that as much as physical functioning, so maybe not just purely physical activity and the impact on body systems, so muscle um, or bone growth, but really moving out into physical activity as more of a as a life's work, if you will, or, or an occupation, as our occupational therapist might, might say. But really, um, people's engagement through physical interaction with their environment. And again, some of the work that you highlighted in your research speaks to that. Um, I see us also building out um, aspects of uh, data science, continuing that strong legacy of Dr. Ottenbacher in terms of large data research um, embedded within there and really leveraging, you know, all, all forms of data to do that. So we are looking at revisiting some of the square footage. We have Dr. Singh who joined our lab, who looks at neuromodulation. Um, we have biomechanics. We have movement sites. What is that? Neuromodulation, what is that? Well, that's a good question. You're more of a neuroscientist <laughs> than I am. Do you want to describe it? Okay. Well, it turns out that the brain is very plastic. Mm -hmm. And if you mess around a little bit with its excitability and maybe tune up and tune down some place, tune down some overexcited places, tune up some underexcited places, you can get a better control over your muscles and joints when you're doing movements. So neuromodulation people... Uh, feel like they can tune up and tune down uh, the brain system, which is pretty exciting work. It is. And if you couple that with those of us that may operate at the muscle and the segment and the coordination dynamic level of things, it's really um, a pretty powerful research portfolio um, to improve health and outcomes in the individuals 
that have conditions or diseases or just across the lifespan. Well, that's what happens when two nerds start to talk about science together. That's right. But I, I do want to thank you, Dr. Tucker, because uh, first of all, thank you for, I, I know I've said this to you before. Thank you for coming to UTMB. We stole her. We stole Dr. Tucker from Temple. Uh, thank you, Temple, for letting us have her. And uh, you have really made a, a very large impact on our research enterprise just in the short time that you've been here. I'm very excited about the vision that you described today and especially your focus on mentorship because we have very talented, very intelligent faculty uh, who can go places if given the opportunity and given the resources. So thank you for all of that. And uh, I think we're ready to end the podcast, but I do want to let you all know that the next podcast will focus on impact and um, influence. And we're going to be talking about community engagement and global health. But I do want to give Dr. Tucker one last opportunity if you want to say any, any closing remarks. I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity um, to come to UTMB. It, it took me a while um, to really understand the the incredible depth of expertise that's here. Um, I think you can read things on a website, but once you're really here and you see the people and you see the passion, you see the opportunities, it's just an exciting time to be here. So thank you um, as well for giving me the opportunity. Okay. You get the last word. Thank you. Thank you. This is Dean David Brown. This has been a podcast brought to you by the School of Health Professions at UTMB.